<laughs> I hear that music. Cue the music. There's James Conn. Slam dunk! <laughs> Jonathan! Jonathan! Day two. All right, we're rolling. This is Professor Heather. Get that thing out of my wig. This is the Midnight Godfly. I'm not in your wig. This is Dr. Dr. Head. (laughs) I don't wear a wig. (laughs) And this is the Blue Fez who's hiding everything under the Fez. I'm sorry. I'll I'll pour my organ out of it. Sorry. (laughs) And you are listening to Unsane Radio. Dot com. This episode Hello, everyone. is ready. This is the Blue for... Fez, and today we're going to be talking about Doctor Fives. And that's our show. Thank you for. Oh, Yay! Wait. That's great. Right. That's great. Right. That's all we're talking. About. <laughs> that's it. Are you ready for Doctor Five? Probably the most terrifying motion picture you'll ever see. Terrifying? I don't know if I'm calling this a terrifying. However, it is a horror movie that has stuck with me for many, many years. Uh, if I have to, you know, kind of like catalog all the all the schlock I've seen over the the decades, Doctor Fives still is like number one for me. Um, and uh, the rest of the, the, you know, the, the crew here and the inmates know that uh, I absolutely love this film. I'm a huge Vincent Price fan. I uh, have been for uh, since the beginning. Um, and this one, though, of all of all his movies, and we've talked before about, you know, his work with Roger Corman, The Raven, um, you know, The Pit and the Pendulum, stuff like this. This is still my absolute favorite, mainly because of just how bizarre the movie is it doesn't really follow the standard horror formula kind of goes off into its own direction and i i think a lot of that is because of you know its genesis starting out as basically the spec script in the 60s the early 60s and then gets polished up in the later 60s and then um brought to production by our favorite schlockmeisters, American International. Um, But I I think because it's a British movie and it was helmed by Robert Quest, who worked on the British TV show, The Avengers, as an art director and then directed some of that, I think that's where we get some of that flavor. Uh, So- Oh, really? I I did not know that. Yes. And and it's- That's cool. Yeah. and. One of the things I think about the movie that stuck with me, and I remember the first time that I saw this, Channel 50, uh, WKBD in Detroit, Creature yes. Feature. 
and I must have been like at my grandparents or whatever, and I, I don't know how uh, I convinced my grandfather uh, to let me watch this because normally if he was in the room, he, he, if he was in the room, he was in control of the television. Um, but I remember, Football. yeah, basically, I remember watching this and, you know, you go, oh, it's been surprised. Cool. I'm going to watch it. And it starts with this rubbed guy and an, at a big organ and he's just playing away. And then it, it goes down into the floor and you're still kind of watching this going, all right, what's going on? And then this kind of like little dance number starts. And at this point, your mouth's kind of hanging open going, I, I have no idea what I'm in for, but you just kind of stick with it. And then it kind of just playfully goes its own way. And that's the thing that I've always liked about it. Now, for those of you who have never seen Dr. Fives, I won't completely spoil it. But the main premise is, is that Vincent Price plays a musicologist, this well-known organist and inventor um, who's in Switzerland. And it takes place about <laughs> 1925. His wife ends up getting sick, dies on the operating table. And why he's rushing back gets into a horrific car accident and is currently disfigured. And then from that point forward, decides, you know what? I'm going to take out, take my revenge out on the oh. surgical team. And tell, them what year, tell them what year this is supposed to take place, too. This is so all supposed to be. So that's the weird thing. They don't specifically say. The only reference you get is, a, is from one of the um, headstones, which is like 1921 is when the wife dies. They figure the movie takes place about 1925 because it has this yeah. art deco look to it, but yeah. you can't quite place it. No, yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> but you can, you can, you can. it has that really neat look to it. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's so cool. And yeah, and if you think about it, you can kind of see that like a, an art director had a, you know, you could tell that this is somebody that's, that's been in the creative field kind of has almost a, you could see Tim Burton doing something like this where yes. he's had that very visual feel to it. And this movie, look has, at it, look at the organ. I mean, it has like literally a, yeah. like a, where the slats were these pink pieces of, uh, you know, plastic or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, backlit <laughs> yes it's very cool yes it's very cool it just has a nice look to it the whole movie does yeah and, and i like yeah go ahead no no go ahead sorry yeah and i think because of that i think that sets it aside from other horror films and other vincent price films because if you look at theater of blood that is a very similar premise a fail a, a and i won't say fail but a an aging thespian who who feels he's been wronged by critics takes his revenge on them in 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 sort of horrific ways but i think this one compared to i i think fives just works a lot better um, the look I of think, the movie is a lot better too fives yeah. looks a lot better than than the theater of blood theater of blood looks like cheap british tv you know kind yes. of thing the sets yeah. are very mundane and maybe because it's a more of a modern setting, but Fives has this surrealistic uh, look with the, the clockwork band, you know, <laughs> yes. and the very bizarre costumes and the almost wink to the audience. There's a little bit of the fourth wall breaking just a yeah. touch with Volnavia, you yeah. know, um, and it, there, the, the sequences of going back and forth, like between the story and like back to Fives and the organ and the dancing 
it just seems so out of place, even within the context of the movie. Like, what is what is going on? But it adds to the surreal bizarreness, which I actually adore. I think it's it's just part of the fun of the whole movie. It's just this yes, bizarre, it, like, it, what, it's just sort what's of going on? Yeah. Crazy, maniacal geniuses on the rampage here. Yeah. Right. Just, and that's great. And we don't hear Vincent Price like until like 32 minutes in the film. He's playing, he's completely silent. You know, you and don't through, get that. And through what? When you do hear him, what do you hear it through? <laughs> you hear him through a gramophone horn. Which is great. I Everybody complains about that. You don't hear Vincent's voice, which is good. But I but think no, it does kind of... You I, must get out <laughs> of the yeah. way. <laughs> and he has to plug it into his neck. I love it. my revenge on you. <laughs> and, and I guess during the making of the film, you know, he has to kind of do that, you know, shake his head, gesticulate with his hands, you know, because they've got somebody off camera reading that. And I guess they, they had a hard time keeping everybody from not laughing because, you know, he's just <laughs> doing this shaking head bob hand thing and people would just start cracking up and they'd have you know ruin the shot have to reset and do it again so it sounds like it was a, an interesting filming experience that's funny you say that because i heard they had the same problem when they did the in the fly when him and that other actor yes or had to act like they were watching the guy stuck in the web and the spider eating but anyway i guess they had to take retake that like numerous times it was kind of like a tar and feather episode. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, Professor Feather, what do you say? I saw this at the theater. Nice. Actually, it was a drive-in. I saw it at the drive-in. Wait a minute. Hold oh, on. Here's my surprise face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Good thing so, it's radio. <laughs> we saw it at the drive-in, um, and that it was, uh, you know, a very good drive-in movie. But then uh, when I saw it later, um, you know, much later, and saw a good print of it, um, I was even more impressed, you know, because at the drive-in, yeah, the the yeah. color is a little washed out, you know, and it's not quite as vibrant because it just a, it's because usually of, not a good print because either. of the technology, you know, and that was used at the time and uh but yeah it's it's a comedy horror i mean this yes. whole movie is done tongue-in-cheek you know yes, very much so. um it, a couple of things that i noticed uh, <laughs> and and it and it's there's uh, all kinds of in jokes all kinds of in jokes yeah um, and the, yeah. Uh, the one i that i noticed the most because i just you know on the rewatching, and i'd never noticed this before and i and it baffles me but i think it's funny i don't know why um when you you all know the scene the whole thing deals around the 10 curses of the pharaohs and that's how he kills people um and in in these ingenious in just a minute let me finish in this ingenious in this ingenious way you know and that's the whole plot and they're all they're all almost every one of them has some kind of a amusing quality to it but anyway i think it's the third guy is terry thomas who's a a big big you know uh comedy actor and um, as he's draining the blood, you, you, it keeps cutting back between you know the cops and then and and uh, him draining his blood. And they're, you're showing they're showing the pints of blood, 
lining up and each time there's a couple more pints you know or one more pint but then when it's all done there's this this nice long shot of the of the credenza with the blood and there's this real um kind of semi-risque you know a classical art piece on the wall well you're sitting there looking and five's sta- is standing there and he he comes into the scene i believe i can't remember exactly but anyway i'm i'm looking and there's there are these eight i think is it yeah eight pints of blood well the v- very middle pint is about two inches shorter than all the others and i, I i'm going why is that one pint two inches shorter I just thought that was funny, um, and then and then and then and then Fibes is standing there and he looks Fibes looks at the picture and then looks at looks back at Terry Thomas, you know, and because he's deadpan, he can't make it. It's just, I think that's just, and then he walks off. I think that's you know because we all know, you know, uh, Vincent Price's love of of art. Absolutely. Um, I just thought that, but I just couldn't. It baffled me about that. I just thought it was that's that was a detail that was just funny to me to have eight pints, but one of them was only. But, the, but that's kind of cool. But that's kind of cool though, because it gives you that, you know, you can't get every last drop, but here you go. <laughs> well, and and Feather, you you brought up a good point because I think a lot of us forget that during the '60s, Vincent Price uh, was working with Sears on their home collection and yes. he, he curated he curated a series of art prints that you could buy at Sears for your home. So I, I have to imagine that that little not when Price looks at the painting and he gets that really look that that has to be a, a, a little ode to him and his his uh, art appreciation. So yeah, I've always loved that that scene. The other so thing when, that, yeah, so the other thing that strikes me about the movie is that um, the opening is pure horror host yes um, yes it's just pure horror host and, you know, I, i'm like i'm watching if we, going, if we had a budget going, oh what a budget and to have that you know the 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 mechanical band that was just so cool and and you're right yeah. the, the movie has a very surreal quality to it i think um and the artwork the you know the the direction art direction and is it's just brilliant, and and you know, rightfully so because of you know his past and you know his influences. It, do you pronounce his name Fuest? I think it's pronounced Fuest. Okay, yeah. So, I, I'm just so curious, would this be you know? kind of like a first cyberpunk type idea? No. You don't no. think it would be? You I was just thinking, like the mechanical band and all you that. Steampunk is kind of. It'd be more steampunk than cyberpunk. Yeah, I would agree. With well, that. steampunk. I, okay, steampunk. That's what. Okay, yeah. And that kind of an idea works. Does have kind of a kind of a, and then and then the other thing that strikes me. Remember when the cop is talking to the uh, the, the guy that made the amulets? Yes. Yeah. That scene. I, that guy just that. I, he just stood out for me. Even when I watched it the first time at the drive-in, his his whole scene. I don't know, just the way the guy played it, and the whole scene just yeah. yeah he he kind of has that. Oh yes, that was a that was a wonderful piece. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Yeah, she was very people. elegant, very fashionable. Yeah. Or something, yeah. I think the word, yeah, something like that a couple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. 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 classic British actors in there that everybody will recognize immediately when you see them. I love the scene where the detective, you know, he finds the the amulet with uh, the blood, I, you know, and he goes to see a, a rabbi. And it, the set is just nothing but a few pillars, you know, <laughs> and, and some stuff on the floor, and it's all black. Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking, oh, they must have just, 
ran out of money or they just said, oh, shit, we got to do this scene. So, uh, hey, got any pillars? Yeah, no, we don't need anything else on the back. Just 10 feet. That's all we need to shoot. You know, it kind of reminded me of the Star Trek episodes from season three, you know, Spock's yeah. Green or something when they're just like, oh, crap, we got nothing. Uh, just make it black and then throw a spotlight on the floor. That's good enough. But uh, but even then, I just think, and here's this actor who's got this two minute scene and uh you know i love the pencil drawings of all of the plagues i love the pencil drawings of fives that are like put behind the windows of the car when Bolivia <laughs> yes. drives it around you know like the profiles <laughs> like you know it's just so ridiculous well here's uh, a curious point about that as i was watching it um you he's uh, this whole thing is is hebrew you know um jewish but do you know how he how hebrew reads it reads from right to left. And when he was doing the description, he was doing the uh, the European, standard European left to right. Hmm. So a point of trivia there, folks. <laughs> wow. Nice. That's anal. <laughs> so we haven't uh, haven't heard from Gadfly. Gadfly, had you seen the movie previous to uh, this podcast? Oh yeah, this is a this is one of those '70s television classics, you know, that you you kind of discovered and you go <laughs> television. I like that. Uh, that was good. It really was. I mean, it was one of those things. You go, okay, what? Well, and even like I remember then, just going, "What the hell is this whole? What is this?" You know, <laughs> um, that intro scene, like you said, is very kind of surreal, um, but it also looks like a stage. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's very theatrical, um, and I you know the fact that it's a it's horror, like the older movies. Yeah, it's like a horror comedy. You know, I mean, and and even like certain scenes that are very creepy. Like I, I found the bat scene at the very beginning really creepy, because I didn't know what the fuck they let go out of that cage, and you knew it was something horrific, you know. And then all of a sudden, there's these bats, you know, running around. Um, what I really liked about the film was uh, that, and it you see, you see this as a distinction between the first one and the second one, um, is that uh, they did some really good camera moves and camera uh, setups. The, uh, so like when they're yes. investigating the bats and they've got that long closet and the guy enters one end of the closet and comes out of the other and then the guy walks yeah. up and they frame all of that. I mean, it looks really good. Um, but then they also just do really bizarre stuff that lends to the comedy. So when you go to that inspector's office, he's got a bunch of chairs stacked up in a window <laughs> you know, yes. next to him. I'm like, what? Yes, he does. what the hell is that all about? You know? <laughs> I know, that's great though. Yeah. I would prefer you not to sit down in my office. <laughs> Exactly. Sit way up high. I like to see you squirm. Yes. When I was watching, you know, when I was watching it last night again, I yeah, I was just I was kind of paying attention to that scene to see if there was maybe some visual cue in the background I had missed before as to explain why these chairs are just stacked up in the corner of the office for for no very up. Still couldn't see it, but it, it's I think it just is uh it's just part of the, the the just the weirdness of this film. And one other thing that I I do appreciate about this movie is that vibes doesn't come off as your traditional monster psycho killer. There is a you you feel yeah, very yeah, sympathetic yeah. for this guy. You know, maybe the maybe they they obviously didn't kill the wife. It was probably something she just died on the the table. But they go out of their way to make him slightly sympathetic and at some point you're kind of like rooting for all the horrific ways these people are going to get dispatched you know which i appreciate yeah i think uh, that's called sympathetic romantic you know, isol <laughs> yeah romantic isolation yeah where we 
we tend to identify. I'm, I'm so sorry I sliced your face off. <laughs> when it's a, what and is another it? thing? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just gonna say, what is it? Uh, what is Frost? Is that the Batman villain? Yeah, no. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. I mean, isn't that his story too? Like his yes. wife. Very so, similar. Yeah. And I think that's a, yeah. that's definitely like a trope or whatever. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes to a point, but then, come on. <laughs> Everybody chill. <laughs> it's his, it's his 18th Jewish. Can we forgive him? But I, I, I but I think that's a, I think that's a that's a common thing. I mean, that's because I think it goes back to the mummy as well, isn't he? Like trying to you know an ox and a moon or whatever, where he's trying to you know resurrect his you know his get wife. back to his love. Yes. Yeah. The um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, I'm just. Curious. But when you, you command the unholy, yeah, it gets kind of bad. <laughs> well, one of the other things about about Doctor Fives, the abominable Doctor Fives. Let's get it correct here. It's the abominable <laughs> Doctor Fives. Um, Indubitably, the whole intro and and the actions. Um, and um, Gadfly brought, brought, or I think it was Gadfly said brought it up said it's you know it's a set you know it's a. Like, well, you know, we, we have to we have to remember that this movie or supposedly takes place in we'll, we'll say 1925, the, the silent era of film, <clears throat> and so they're kind of playing off of that, of of you know, it's not silent, yeah, obviously, but they're playing off the because watch when when the organ comes up, look at the grand gestures he's making as he's playing yes. that organ, yeah, and everything is or very Terry Thomas like is in, doing like, his stuff. Like in a yeah, everything is very pronounced like in a in a silent film or theater. Uh, I just thought that was uh, I thought that was a, a pretty good touch. Yeah, that's the, interesting. And them not talking. Yeah. The, the what's her name? Volnavia not talking. You know that that's that's kind of a, a nod to the whole the whole silent era too. Yeah, exactly. And, well, and him not talking and being routed through the Victrola, you know, just kind of yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, everybody. Yeah, a lot. I re remember when in the famous monsters, everybody was complaining because you didn't hear Vincent's voice pure. You know, well, whatever. I like that a tinny before. electronic. Oh, I did too. It added like to it, yeah. the idea of what's going on. He, he yeah, because you can see him really mouthing cool. underneath the makeup. You know, it's supposed yeah. to be his mask. <laughs> and he had to pull him. that big Vocola yeah. behind him. Well, he, does, yeah. he does the jaw yeah. and, the, and the throat movements just brilliant. Right, exactly. That's like he's mouthing yeah. those words. I can see it like he's exaggerating these and I, sounds. I really liked him plugging it into his neck. I thought yeah. that was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That was like the first Walkman. <laughs> Except he was a he was a he was a creepy dude. He was that was his stock oh, man. Dude. He was a stock man. This is my that would be karaoke. Victrola man, <laughs> Victrola. <laughs> it's stock man. This is my Victrola. Really once Fibes takes his face off, that that his face. Whoever did the makeup did a really great job with with that. You know, horse horribly burned uh, yeah. skull visage looked awesome. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, in fact, they had they had a lot of problem with that makeup tour at the end when Joseph Cotton is operating. You know, he's, he's trying to save his son, and um, he, I guess Cotton had had issues during the filming. I guess he didn't feel like he was quite up to the task, and you know, he would flub his lines, and so Vincent Price would try to uh, relax him, and so he he would sort of like over gesticulate with his face and stuff like that and he would end up ripping the makeup so uh price said that he and the makeup guy 
were like, you know, joined at the hip because he was constantly like, cut, come over, fix the makeup and stuff like that, just just to keep Cotton um, relaxed and, and in a better mood on the set. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's oh, even if it was raggedy, what, what it would, would kind of go with the look. 71. Of, you, know, you knew this was, once you knew it was a mask or, you, you know, you knew it wasn't his face. It, it kind of goes with it, whether it's, it doesn't look perfect or, or, or not. I think it either way, it lends itself to the character. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I remember for me, that's like one of my favorite scenes where he finally just pulls everything off. And he's just like, just crumbles the hair and is just, you know, did they do the quick cut to cotton and he's back and he's pulling it off and you're just like, oh, crap. <laughs> you're like, oh, there's his face. It's gone. And you're like, oh, <laughs> His face but, will look like but being mine. so horrific, you think his eyes his eyes are perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where the makeup didn't quite didn't quite match. They didn't kinda get that right there around the eyes, yeah. Revising takes the red out. So I was cool. horrified. The League for the Prevention Against the Abuse of Wigs was really in, you know, <laughs> up in up in arms. <laughs> Naughty wig. Oh, I have one other thing to say about this movie. What <laughs> one of the one of the things that just killed me in this movie and it's one of my you know uh, images of, of movies in general he gets the first time he gets into the car and he pulls the blind down and it's the silhouette, oh, it's silhouette. <laughs> of <Yeah>. him <laughs> that is really cool oh, I, just, that, yeah. I died the first time i saw that and every time i see it i just it just i think it's just that's that's a it's great that little tongue firmly really. planted in cheek oh no but it was great though yeah. that was just you just kind of weren't expecting that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and, and another another good scene. It's it's my favorite one is when uh, the doctor gets the brass unicorn head catapulted <laughs> through his chest. And, and they use a quick cut and you see the horn go through the other side. And then a they're just like, oh, my God. Oh, 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 and then they, they, the camera kind of pulls around to the backside with the horn. And you hear the guy go, wait, I, I think it's a left hand thread. And then they, you see the guy reading the paper, and you see the feet going. I remember as a kid, a I was right. Wait a minute. Eric, we, like, we, what have a, we, going on with that? We have a, a, sam we have a sample. Sound. Hey, we have a sample of that like one. Monty Python, message for you, A sir. brass unicorn has been catapulted across a London street and impaled an eminent surgeon. Words fail me, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> it's still funny. The second time. You have to laugh. Yes, yeah, it is. It is a. It is. Yeah, it's just a great scene. Love it all together. Now, here's the great thing. This movie was made for about three hundred thousand dollars and earned. I think they had an eight week shoot and it earned three million at the box office. It was a oh. huge hit for American International. Well, I think that's and so. What do you do after you have a giant hit? You fast track to a sequel, which comes which up. brings us make, to Doctor Five. Then you make count Yorga. <laughs> yeah. so okay. it about the sequel to the abominable dr fives the 1972 film dr fives rises again because when you make three million dollars off of a three hundred thousand per dollar production what else can you do but a sequel so uh <laughs> I got <laughs> the, the sequel is not nearly as good as the first movie. It's interesting, but even by the starry standards, it's it's a bit of a stretch. If you see the first movie, it kind of you know resolves itself. 
and then they kind of undo it in the beginning and then we kind of go off to Egypt and um yeah, I, I I don't know. We we don't I don't know if there's a whole lot we can say about this. There the one interesting thing is is that AI uh, International Pictures brought American International, sorry, brought in uh, one of their other stars, Robert Quarry, who starred yes. in the was it 1970 film uh, Your is it Count Yorga Vampire, and yes. he was <laughs> supposed to be. American International's new star. He was kind of the guy that was going to take over uh, for Price, yeah. and that caused a little bit of uh, friction on the set. And it, it it turns out that it wasn't entirely Quarry or Price's fault, but uh, I think somebody in marketing or promotion said something to Price, and Price was a dick to Quarry during this movie. He was oh, oh, not, really? not happy. Yeah, he was not happy about this. Yeah, I think there was a there was a, a something that happened what? offset where Quarry uh, was a singer, and the one time he was sitting there singing in kind of an opera opera setting, and you know, Price was also a, a big music guy. And he walks by, and Quarry goes, "Hey, I bet you didn't know I could uh, sing opera, did you?" And Price's response was, "Yeah, well, I definitely know you can't fucking act." So... <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, 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 you know, I didn't know Vincent could be that catty, but well, you know, (laughs) think about it. You know, he was, he was just breaking into his sixties. Um, and doing the the Brady bunch. Exactly. He was, he was, I don't want to say he was on his way out, but you know, his, his contract for American international was just about ready to expire. And so thing, and, and the whole thing we talked earlier about Sears, you know, his, his, um, uh, partnering with Sears for their home collection, that was coming to an end. So things were pretty uncertain for him um, in, coming into the early 70s. So, of course, they they fast-tracked the sequel to Dr. Fives. And we just get this kind of, this movie that could be kind of interesting, but it's it's really not. And we don't we don't have Virginia North as uh, Volnavia. We get uh, Valley Kemp, I believe, is taking over. And it's funny because when you watch the two movies and Volnavia doesn't talk at all, hers is just merely, you know, like um, I, I think it was brought, uh, brought up earlier, the whole idea of this, you know, was made uh, in the 20s silent movies. And so a lot of her stuff is just her body language and some gesturing. And Valley Kemp, in my opinion, didn't quite have the same chops. I guess if you say acting chops, she, she seems like she's just got these kind of like doughy eyed kind of wandering through the movie. And you're like, eh, whatever. She didn't have the same sex appeal either. Oh no, no, Not no. At right. all. They, they no. had to, they had to bring in Fiona Lewis to add to that. Yeah. The, um, movie, you know, because Virginia North, when she makes her debut and in the first vibe, is that, is that film, your opinion? Mr. Boing. Boing. <laughs> that is very much my opinion. Yeah, there you go. Because I, I will say in that first Fibes film, when she when they show her character and they all that that super high intensity backlit, and she walks out in this ornate, almost like Busby Berkeley gown. You're just kind of like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do that kind of dance number. And yeah, Valley Camp just isn't isn't the Backlighting. same. Backlighting. Yeah. But I mean, everybody seems to be doing a fairly decent job, though this film feels rushed to me it feels like they were trying to crank this out oh, it doesn't seem to have the same attention to detail um in some spots like the clockwork band uh you can tell that they did not have the covering for the eyes at the beginning and you're like hey i can see somebody's <laughs> eyes behind there. and you're like oh come on guys 
Help us. Yeah, so I, just, I think really you're right. It was capitalization, you know? Yeah. I mean, did they, did they you know, you, you think of the first Vibes film. They base it on the, the Qatar, you know, the, the, the Ten Plagues. Did they even think about, well, okay, we're in Egypt. Is there, can we look at, you know, maybe some, um, you know, something in um, Egypt mythology that we can sort of, you know, cross over into and use that? But there isn't. Um, you know, we've got the... Crossover. <laughs> we got the, the river of life and I, I think that's about it but it's you know I, I wouldn't want to dissuade anybody from watching it i mean you know robert Corey. they have wizard of oz watch. too so that, you know, that's cool <laughs> at the, yeah and at the end i mean there there are some interesting set pieces there um but overall the film just kind of mm, yeah i do like the death scene in the tent where fives is screwing in <laughs> and squishing that guy to death slow crush <laughs> So you know. that, so here's the problem I have with it, which it's a great scene. And the, the one that I have, the one problem with this scene I have is when they're they're looking at the body and you're like, that's obviously a dummy head. I'm like, they could have constructed the thing. The guy could have sat in the middle of that, you know, whatever, and just have this horrific look on his face. So, but I'm, I'm curious, so where did they get the giant press? I mean, the first movie, you kind of understood how he, he constructed these elaborate death plots. I'm like... You're in the goddamn desert. Where do you get a giant press to put this person in? It's like, come on. How are you lugging it around? That's what Voldavia is for. Yeah. He becomes like the intelligent, the intelligent Jason. <laughs> just, oh, I will kill you with elegance. <laughs> I, I'm aiming for a higher brow kill. Yes. Oh, well, one, one of the things I like. Squeeze. <laughs> anyway, yeah feather you were saying i liked uh, terry thomas they brought him back because you know he's terry thomas <laughs> i loved his scene as lombardo um the the one thing when trout <laughs> and i love his name uh, he says we're looking for a madman sir and and, and terry thomas says well you've bloody well found one do you realize this is saturday afternoon <laughs> Every one of his lines are just great, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, he, he's such he's, a he's such kind of a strange actor anyway, just popping up and, you know, what I mean, he was never a, a really a lead actor, was he? No, not no, no. He was always a character actor, but you knew who character. he was every time you saw him. He was exactly like when a very he's, prominent he, character actor. Well, I mean, it wasn't you know just a character actor. He was very Avengers esque. Yeah, he was fun. He was a lot of fun. Though. Yeah, he was very Avengers esque. I mean, you talked about the Avengers influence before. I think those inspectors and the you know those guys were very much of the Avengers kind of uh, feel of all this stuff. I mean, this film was great only because like uh, it had more cushing for the pushing. Um, <laughs> well, a little, yeah. yeah, a little bit, you know. Come on, we got, but he got him in there. Oh, Peter, Peter, yeah. Well, and then you know, it's like the first part of the film is is terrible. It 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 just blows the uh, all the exposition and him walking around. And you're like going, is this stuff in his head, or is yeah. he talking to himself through his uh, his uh, stalk man? I mean, I don't know, you know. The, uh, <laughs> but then man, you get to probably. the yeah, you get to the second part. Uh, Bluetooth. It's Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but that second part actually has some interesting stuff going on. I mean, it's it's very like Indiana Jones, very much you know the uh, the old pulp uh, stuff. But the fact yeah, that, at the at the end in the third act, when, right? Yeah, it kind of it kind of redeems itself. Which is still kind of cool, though. I think that they they went that route. I mean, but, but the, the thing well, is, they, this is you know, it's just kind of 
over grandiose, but it was kind of cool. Well, the, they were having they were having some issues, the production issues, and yeah, because uh, Gaffley, you brought up a point where you're like, wait, it, he's talking, but I don't see the speaker anywhere. Is this inner monologue? What's going on? Or is he now <laughs> psychically communicating with Volmavia? And it was just they they yeah. were dropping the ball. They somebody <laughs> forgot. Oh yeah, we need to have the thing so he can talk, and they just went, you know what? Screw it, keep going. But the uh, Overlay the audio in. <laughs> he repeats himself too. He no. just con- he continually he repeats like himself over and like over. That. He just says the same thing over and over. You know, I yeah. guess that's his obsession or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know that. I think that uh, that last part wasn't that it, bad. It is lazier than the first yeah. one. Yeah, no, right. well, it is. But I mean, it's only one year. Like the first but, one came out in '71, <laughs> right? Well, they're thinking, hey, yeah. and then '72. How much cheaper can we get it? People are going to come see it. <laughs> yeah, since the first one was a hit. But they played somewhere you know? over the rainbow at the end. Uh, that was, that was fun. Well, and you know, uh, Vincent Price looked worse when he had his wig and makeup on with the dark circles under his eyes. Yeah. And he did as a skull dude. You know, I mean, it was like, only because we we're like going, okay, he looks sick there. You know, it's yeah, horrific here, but he really looks sick. Doing the. But you, the one thing I do like about this movie, and in it kind of reflects back to the first one, is when they get to Egypt and they walk in the cave, they go through the door, and then all of a sudden there's this Art Deco palace in the middle of this <laughs> Egyptian tomb. And at that point, I'm like, oh, see, that's where you gotta stay because who else but Doctor Fives would install this Damn. Art Deco dance palace <laughs> in the middle of an Egyptian doom. I'm like, I let that part. I did like, I'm like, cause it's so that's, we're back to a little over the top. And that part I do like, I, I appreciate that's that. That's a mad genius. That's <laughs> a mad genius. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So yeah. And, uh, I think shortly after this is, um, I think we, I think we I can't remember if theater of blood, if that's an American international, um, picture or not but i i think this was one of the last films that price did with american international um they parted ways um yeah so yeah we kind of i don't want to sound like we short sheeted uh fives rise again it's just not my favorite there's some good stuff there but that first one is it's it's almost it's so hard to top that first one just because of how surreal it is it's like ghost of frankenstein Well, that first one just really has a sense of humor and a sense of style. I mean, it, yes. I, I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, they just it didn't. It was very unique. Yeah. And they didn't have, they didn't have time. I mean, it's literally, that one came out in 71. Fives came, or, you know, the, the second one came out in 72. Oh, yeah. That's like one year to not only yep. get it made, written, after looking at the success of the first one and then going, let's make another one. Oh, here it is. One year later. Push it, yeah. Yeah, it's it. going to, yeah. you know, as I said, the, you can yeah, tell where you, it suffers. You, yeah, you you kind of wish that uh, they could have pulled a little um, a little inspiration from Planet of the Apes because you know they were cranking through all those movies and you keep thinking <laughs> how how are you going to keep this going? Then you see the movie, you're like, yeah, okay, sure, that works for me, I'm cool. Well, and you yeah. kind of wonder that that's debatable. Through, though, but that's all right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole Planet of the Apes thing is debatable too. I mean, that's, come on, true. <laughs> but we all we sat through Planet of the Apes week when they would show up. Huh? Right. I did. Yeah, I loved I did. it. Yeah, I love that. I, Speak I had for it. yourselves. Yeah, no, well, yeah, we were kids. Yeah, I know you did. I sat through a marathon once yeah. yeah we were kids if we, have, if we ever do a, a planet of the apes discussion i have a hilarious story involving planet of the apes week and my grandma so <laughs> okay, i'll bring it up because it's, well, no. it's one of those those classic grandparent <laughs> memories that i hope you know sticks with me until the very end because it's just 
Oh, I will spank oh. that monkey. They better take their damn dirty hands off of him. Damn dirty. Right, well, I'll just say it right now. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> So I was gonna say we should. Yeah, yeah wait. Yeah, let's like just to, do it. Let's just do an episode just, on. Yeah, we, we can do the Planet of the yeah. Apes. An ape palooza. Because yeah, I love I love all those movies, and it was our childhood, right? Because there was toys. Yeah. There was a TV oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a, okay. God, I had the toys. I had yeah. some of them. Yes. And there was the TV yeah, show with hand gliders. Come on. Simeon yeah. Cinema. <laughs> there, there you go. Simeon yeah. Cinema. All right. Nice. Anything else about this Doctor Fibes number two? No. But you got the adult, the adult version. <laughs> Dr. Fibrator Rice. I'm, I'm not casting a judgment. Fibrator. This is number two, Dr. Fibes. Well, <laughs> they, had, uh, they did have a third sequel planned. Um, I think it was called Fibes Resurrectus, but. <laughs> Resurrectus. Yeah, read into that what you will. Um, uh, that never went anywhere. And and uh, for those of you that uh, enjoy uh, interesting horror reads, the uh, original screenwriter uh, William Goldstein, who pretty much I think still owns the character, or at least keeps publishing um, um, stories with the character, yeah, yeah, he does. has written a novelization oh, yeah? for the first movie, the second movie, and has continued the character. Yeah, I think there's seven or eight books now. Yep, he keeps it going. Seriously, really? Oh, yeah, cool. I wouldn't mind reading those books. I, I would. I've never seen them. I wonder if they're as, you know, as fun as the first one. I wonder if they're written in that kind of pulpy, serial comic style. Yeah, I I don't have them. I I think I downloaded the first one. Uh, I haven't gotten around to reading it, but yeah, I think I had the same, um, the same question whether or not it, it yeah it does have that pulpy feel because that you would think that would be the perfect um, delivery. Do you know style. when the last one was published? I have a question. I think, I think the last one was Dr. Fives and the Autobots or something like that. I'm like, oh, wait, are we doing uh, <laughs> Transformer? Yeah. Oh, Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like Dr. Fives is, is uh, advertised as a horror comedy. What is yes. like the first horror comedy that you can remember? Like that mixes the two genres together. Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. All right, oh, all right. All right. I would. Fair I enough. would agree with you on that because I watched that uh, about a year ago, and I suddenly go, "Oh, I now totally understand where Young Frankenstein was getting a lot of the same <laughs> gags," because so I'm like, this, "I for one on one hand, because I love the original Frankenstein, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, I swear to God, if that woman opens her mouth one more time, it's like I'm gonna toss her over <laughs> a bridge." Because she was really pissing me off because it was it was throwing off the tone of the film, and then I realized, wait, I think they're going for a little light a lighter heart here than than the first one. I Which one has the uh, the very... the German the German uh, officer with the uh, the the amputated arm? <laughs> Lionel Atwell. Yeah. Which, Lionel which one is it? Is that in Bright or is that Son of Frankenstein? Son. Yeah. That's grouping. That's in Son. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Hey, I, I have I have a confession to make, guys. About um, you, you know, I I mis totally misunderstood the second movie, and I watched Doctor Vibes Rises again. <laughs> so when, Run, I, when I saw you guys talk about this, it just didn't wasn't see, didn't seem like the same movie. Where's the uh, porn? Where's the porn? That's the Doctor Vibrator, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know the porn. But it did retain my interest. <laughs> I sat yeah. through that movie twice. <laughs> yes. 
I want you to make sure if, if it was scintillating. It, segments. If you went to Cinema Wasteland and had a table and tried to sell the Doctor Vibrator, you'd fucking make <laughs> you'd fucking make so much money. And we could probably be millionaires. Oh, Navia. <laughs> Use your vibrator on your full Navia. That's right. You will like this. Wait a minute. That sounds like that sounds like a cinema wasteland Saturday night ghastly ghoul. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by Vol Navia vibrator. All right. uh, Cast it in smooth silicon and. I'll buy that bowl. Yeah, you guys better watch me take a dump. Say! Right here on the floor. This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather rising again. This is the Midnight Vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) This is Dr. Head. This is the blue fez that's already <laughs> dead. <laughs> and you are listening to... On Radio. And you can reach us at... Radio at gmail.com You can find us at... UnsaneRadio.com Thanks, Tar. But your your time oh, is. Oh, calm. <laughs> I was six feet away. I didn't hear you. Hey, hey, you you got to stop calming. <laughs> I had my mask on. Too. He was too busy with his with his doctor vibrator <laughs> on his full navia. I that can't rate. find it. I, I've lost it inside. And my the weird thing now. is, it came so quickly too. <laughs> At Radio Unsane on the Twitters, Facebook. Insane Radio, Cinema Wasteland, Facebook, Mark Justice Writer, Facebook, We Freaks, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Tarnfeather.com, Tarnfeather.com, that's T-A-R-R-A-N-D-F-E-T-H-E-R.com, go to the Insane Radio uh, website, because the the pictures are, are well worth it. Well worth it. Well, it pictures, certainly wasn't pictures well by Doctor Tar, by the way. <laughs> he does all the he does all of those all of the album art. Doctor Tar, for the yeah, that's great. Our, our Ethernet presence and Blue Fez, thanks for the good vibes. Good vibes. <laughs> oh. Good vibrations. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm picking up welcome. good vibrations. That's that's uh, what you get when you get a uh, little shock therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm.